Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with Janelle and Leslie. I'm Janelle Cameron. Hi there, I'm Leslie Pearson. And today we're going to talk about what your real estate agent should not be doing and what we definitely don't do as realtors. Welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team, the podcast that helps make your real estate dreams a reality. The Janelle Cameron team is your expert source for all things real estate in the greater Toronto area. Whether you're considering a renovation to improve your return on investment, looking at homes for the very first time, or even considering becoming an agent yourself, we've got you covered. Hey everyone, welcome back. I hope you had a great week. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, Leslie, I forgot to tell you this, but um, last month, which was June, was our best month for this podcast ever, even though... We had a couple of repeat, uh, not repeat, but like we had one um, missed week, right? So we mm-hmm. repeated an episode mm-hmm. and best week ever, best month ever. That's great. Why do you think that is? I think it's just, you know, we're just growing, I guess. People are finding us and commenting and getting more involved and that helps it grow and had a you know more people rate us so if you're if you're paying attention make sure you give a rating as well please thank you so do we know um if people listen if they're repeat listeners we don't have all that information Mm -hmm. um but it just shows me the stats Mm -hmm. of where they're from what the age demographic is you know that kind of stuff which episodes of course are the most popular and um yeah, but it's uh, we like compared to this time last year, mm-hmm. the average play on ev- every episode is four to five times more. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we sit here gabbing away in a vacuum. Yeah, it's nice to hear that people are listening. It is, and yeah. it can't be that it's a brand new crew every month. So there, there must be a significant repeat listenership. Yeah, and I mean, I know that only from like anecdotally, people will you know reach out to us and say. Oh yeah, we listen every week. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, mm-hmm. um, oh, that's great news. Yeah, I have had the odd. There's quite a few realtors that listen. Yeah, you, <laughs> well, you. we've talked about that before. I yeah. find that so funny. Oh, me too. But I love it. Mm-hmm. And um, well, l- not all of them here. Like a lot of them in other areas. Do you follow other real estate agents? Not podcasts, no, but, but yeah, mm-hmm. the, yeah. Because I don't have yeah. Only because I follow other podcasts. I don't have any yeah. any more podcasts. But you follow on other venues. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Instagram. So for I kind of sure. get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of get it too. And I think, you know, we can all learn from each other, mm-hmm. and we all take something away from each other. And I think that particularly with different areas or different parts of the country, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I found that when I was coaching mm-hmm. other realtors, I loved hearing stories about how things work for them in their cities or their areas and it's so different sometimes it's yeah it's uh it's fascinating yeah yeah Uh, and even within the gta there's so many there's differences area by area yeah you experienced that quite a bit this winter so really did it's fascinating it's pretty much um a local experience and by local like toronto pretty much has a you know a way code of contact yeah you go out beyond that and even like close to toronto it's it's rogue (laughs) (laughs) it is it is interesting which you know kind of because of some of those experiences i thought today would be a great 
episode to talk about things that we will not do mm-hmm. as realtors, Leslie and I, and we're totally on the same page about, I think, everything. Yeah. So, you know, uh, our huge le- uh, listenership out there might think that we um, always do a lot of preparation for these uh, chats, but this one, we're just, uh, this is a topic that came up and we're going to just, we're just wing, wing it, it and tell you what we think about uh, behavior and standards and eth- ethics. Yeah. And, you know, it's important if you are listening to this and you have a realtor, I think it's important to take note of some of these things because if your your realtor is doing some of these, which we wouldn't do, then it might be an opportunity for you to question them and at least get the facts as to why they are doing that. Because right, because these might be things that you haven't thought of yeah. until we mention them now. And exactly. um, if you hear something you don't know about, ask your agent. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the first one I wanted to bring up because um, I see this all the time, especially right now in a kind of fluctuating strange market, is the realtor who overinflates the price that they think the seller will get when they are in the stages of trying to win the business. So, um, you know, maybe a seller interviews two or three agents. Um, two agents say the house is worth a million and the third agent comes in and says, oh yeah, I can get you 1.3. I can get that for you. And that is for many reasons, I think probably one of the worst things that you can do as an agent and something that I would never, ever, ever do. Mm-hmm. And the reason why people do that is because they're desperate for the business, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably not because they're not knowledgeable, mm-hmm. although maybe in the odd case it is, but I think for most people it's because they're desperate and they'll tell you whatever you want to hear if they think it will win them the business. Yeah, I think in most cases when an agent come in comes in like that, they're not thinking they can get you one three. Nope. They know they can't. Yeah. But um, they're doing it to get the business, and they know that ultimately it won't matter that they've said that. Mm-hmm. That's what bothers me in a lot of the cases. Yeah. So say you know as a seller, that's going to be tempting to you know hear yeah. hear someone who says that they can get you for in this example three hundred thousand more than the other two said. Mm-hmm. I can see why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, get all starry eyed. Yeah. Well, oh, this person must really yeah. know. But in the bulk of the cases doesn't happen. No. And you end up having to change, reduce yeah. your asking price and end up down where the other two were anyway. Right. Or mm-hmm. it doesn't sell at all. Or it doesn't sell at all because there's, you know, some some sort of, I don't want to call it a stigma, but it's some, you know, you've stigma. set the stage yeah. of um, a lack of accessibility mm-hmm. and realism. Yeah. Reality. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, as a seller you have to be aware what your house is worth. On some level, you have to kind of get it. And if you Mm -hmm. talk to several people who say the same thing and one person doesn't, Mm -hmm. whether it be too high or too low, consider that an outlier, Mm -hmm. but don't be fooled. Like, Mm -hmm. don't be stupid about it. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, and I know sellers are notorious for this, but you know, if your neighbor, which who has the exact same house just sold for one one million, you're not getting $300,000 more next week. Mm you know, especially in this market, like you have to have some common sense. Yeah. And if you don't and you listen to somebody and you get starry eyed and you take this realtor on who's claiming they're going to do all these things for you and it doesn't happen, 
you know, you can't be surprised, can you? Well, you can't uh, be surprised, and you can't you don't you can't make a first impression twice. You really can't. So you've hit the market already at an inflated price, and that's left an impression, and you've you've kind of shot your chances. Yeah. But if you're faced with that dilemma, and you have two that say you know X, and the third comes in at a significantly different Y. I mean, part of your due diligence in interviewing these agents is probing a bit. Like, how mm-hmm. are you going to get that? Where's your track record of getting right. so much more than other agents? You right. know, where are the comps you're looking at yeah. to justify that price? And, you know, what are we going to do if we don't get that? That's right. You know, you've got to take some responsibility yeah. of, if you're if you're interviewing people, of managing the interview yeah. and getting the answers to those questions rather than just the asking price. Yeah, and I you think... You should not choose who you work with yes, based on asking price. exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, you see it all the time. Yeah. Now, I will say, I had an instance uh, this year where uh, the seller interviewed three people. I was one of them. They all told them one price, and I was the one that gave the higher price. And she said, well, those people said x why are how can you say and i was saying like one hundred fifty thousand dollars to two hundred thousand dollars more but i sat down and went through the comps and i said i just i don't see it like this is what i see based on the information i have at hand and i think maybe the other people you know are not aware Mm -hmm. um and so th- that does sometimes happen on the other case, but in, I, yeah, I had but to prove there, it. There you have a seller who did do her due diligence right. and made you prove your statement. Yeah. Um, because in the odd case, it is on the, uh, there, there is some lack of knowledge of other people and such. Now, I recently had a case where the seller, the seller, insisted on setting an asking price that I thought was too high. Yeah, that's, I think, point number two. Yeah. Is Are we ready to move on to point number two? I think we're two? ready to move on okay. because I think that's a good one because, yeah. and that is what we have talked about many times mm-hmm. here, is that we will not mm-hmm. overprice mm-hmm. a listing for, you know, more than we think we can sell it for. Now, yeah. we've done it. Yeah. Well, so I did it recently. Yeah. But we had a full-on conversation that where I, you know, very bluntly said, this house is not worth what you want to ask it for. It will not sell at that. Mm-hmm. We will, um, you know, buyers will stay away because it's so significantly and obviously overpriced. So you're going to hurt you. We talked about all the things we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and we, t- including the fact that if you listed that, we're going to significantly have to negotiate if and when we ever get an offer, like significantly hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And the seller was all in agreement to do that. Yeah. Um, and uh, the feedback I got from every single agent that came through was that I, overpriced. W- I was right. <laughs> yeah. It was overpriced. Yeah. And damn if it didn't sell, though, for her number. Right. But fluke. Total fluke. Yeah. But the I told you so's keep running. Yes. Rolling. Yes, but, they do. Um, and I mean, nice to be wrong in our case. Yeah, but as a seller, so that is a, this is like we're trying to talk about things you shouldn't your realtor shouldn't do. So your realtor shouldn't accept when you insist on a higher price. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I know we've all we've all done it. And if you're a seller, the thing is, if you're choosing an agent that you trust, so you've gone through the process, whatever that may be, whether it be a referral or you've interviewed people. 
and you trust this person. You've trusted them enough to choose them. You have to trust that they know what they're doing. If you trust them that much that you've chosen them, why wouldn't you then listen to them? Right. I trust enough my business, but... Uh, but you're wrong no. on the price. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, you know, you do, you do see that all the time. And I think uh, this is kind of a side conversation to this, but um, and I say this to all realtors and all sellers. If you are starting the relationship on a negative note where you're not agreeing on the price and you're already questioning how you're going to get out of the deal if it doesn't sell and all that kind of stuff, you're not my person. Like, yeah. I don't want to work with you yeah. and you shouldn't want to work with me. I agree. Um, and it's just yeah. at this stage in our careers, it's just not worth it. No. You have to have, you have to go into this a hundred percent comfortable and confident with each other that you are both, everyone's working together to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, and that is to get you the most money. And if you are questioning that and you're already, and I've had people like, well, what's the contract termination? Well, how can I, how can I get out of it before it even starts? Well, oh, what's that's the, awful. Yeah. And I, I remember having, I remember one couple in particular, and I remember sitting down with them and saying, if you are already asking me before we've even gone to market, how you're going to get out of the, of the contract. I said, I don't think we should move forward. Mm -hmm. Like this is not something I feel comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So, um, mm -hmm, yeah. I agree. So it leads to maybe a third thing that we would never do as realtors and that you should, as a seller think about, which is also starting off from a negative point, which is the ever present conversation about commission. Yep. So if you're so overwhelmingly, as a seller, do not choose your agent based on commission. Yeah. It is not apples and apples. It's apples and oranges. Yep. You know, there's all kinds of things my grandfather might have said, like you get what you pay for and and that kind of thing. But, um, um, you know, you get what you pay for. And <laughs> yeah. if you're fighting right off the start about commission, that's a toxic negative relationship. And it if is. you're thinking you're choosing someone based on that, it's so ill-informed. In, Ill yeah. Um, because the discounted commission, the savings there in commission are not savings. Yeah. Because if you look at the stats, you would have made far more money likely with the higher commissioned agent. Exactly. It's and proven. Right. And if you are the kind of person that does not believe in that, mm -hmm. I'm okay with it. But yeah. I'm again, we're not your people. Yeah. And that's totally fine. And I and I remember having this conversation with coaching clients of mine and saying like, you know, they were like, well, this one guy in particular and he said, I I'm so new and I just need listings. Like I just want to get the business. And I'm like, so I cut commission. And I said, you know, there is a market for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like there are people out there who don't want to spend top dollar for whatever reason. They don't care that much or they don't believe there, it makes a difference and, and all that kind of stuff. And that's great. Um, but you just have to know where you fit in, mm -hmm. right? You can't be a full service realtor and cut commission. It's impossible. It's not sustainable. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. You know, you can't, you have to be able to make money at this. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why we work. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't do it for free. I don't know about you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, you know, if you're that seller, like I'm okay with that, but you just have to know you get, you do get what you pay for. Right. You can't pay somebody 1% commission and expect them to cover your home inspection and your staging and your photos and your, they, there'd be no money left. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we also, by the way, like we pay our broker fees and we pay all that kind of stuff. And I'm not, I'm not 
like making excuses for, you know, we, we sometimes make good money. I get that. Um, but I'm just saying like, you have to understand where your position is as a realtor and your position as a seller and just be okay with whichever side you're on. Yeah. I mean, most sellers go into it wanting to have the most stress-free, I guess, quickest, uh, experience making the most money possible. So to go into that with one of the first things you discuss about with um, agents that you're interviewing and saying, you know, what are you going to charge me? Mm -hmm. It's just setting yourself up for failure. Right. Um, What you should be as a seller um, discovering is, you know, what are you going to do for me? Mm -hmm. And then I'll look at the the range of services offered by the different agents and what the um, expected outcome of all those efforts are and then pay the commission accordingly. Mm-hmm. Like um, if you um, go to one of those discount agents, you're going to make less money. It's going to sit on the market longer. You know, all the negatives. It's the wrong criterion on which to consider your agent yeah i think it's so it's shooting yourself in the foot because it's not going to reward you yeah the, and you know all the studies show that the incremental savings on commission has a huge negative in- impact on your final sales outcome yeah like it's you're just absolutely right so so it's just so it's um you're right in that agents have the right to choose how they work we would never do it, and we would. I would urge sellers to consider what that means about what you're getting from that agent and the impact that will have on your overall success. Yeah, and there's another point about that I think it's fair is that the Toronto Real Estate Board has the largest number of members in the world for any real estate board. There are 65,000 realtors in the city of Toronto, and it works out to be... Point zero zero something house sale per agent. So that means most agents in the city are not selling anything. The statistic is overwhelming. I think it was 90 something percent are selling less than eight homes a year. So you have to understand the motivation for a lot of agents when they are discounting Mm -hmm. commission or our first point when they're trying to give you an overinflated Mm -hmm. number. I'm not suggesting that someone who only sells a couple homes a year can't do the job. Right. But I am saying you have to really take all this into consideration and know that there are a lot of people who do this job that are not professionals. They're not full-time realtors. And they are so desperate to get your business that they'll do anything. Yeah, they're in both circumstances. They're making that offer or accepting your request for their purposes, not yours. Right. And if you understand that and you're okay with paying them little and them doing little to help you, no problem. But you just may have to make sure you're on the right page. Yeah. And I mean, we're not so blasé that, you know, we realize like with my experience that I talked about and we, we all know a couple of others that sometimes it works. Yeah. We're not saying it won't, but overall it won't. Yeah. There's also a thing about, um, the company you work for, the brokerage you work for, the no name brands. So is this another thing we wouldn't do? Well, we would never work for, I think, another. And if you were a seller, what do you think about considering an agent with an, a brokerage that might not have the strongest reputation? You just, you have to be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think there are, depending where you live, but there are pockets of the city where there are 
brokerages that will succeed and there are pockets of the city where those same brokerages will not. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of no-name places out there that, again, might be an okay brokerage, I don't know. But as a seller, you have to understand that, um, you know, if people don't, if if other agents and the general public has never heard of the brokerage, there's a bit of skepticism because at the end of the day, that brokerage has to hold your deposit check in their trust account. And if we are not familiar with that brokerage or how they do business, unfortunately, you know, we've seen many instances over the years where the brokerage falls apart, deposit checks get lost, not get lost, but you know, they can't be because the brokerage goes out of business or becomes bankrupt. So there are, you have to do research, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, Leslie and I have been in this business long enough that the name where we work really matters. Mm -hmm. And um, we have, we both came from other places uh, before and coming now to a huge company like Remax Hallmark, um, you know, we feel good about working for a huge brokerage that has our back, will support us in all cases, who are very successful throughout the city. It matters. They're uh, they're up to date and all the changes and all the um, legislation and all the rules. They provide any training you know an agent would want to take advantage of, and also just kind of on the softer side of that, um, it does have an impact when you're as an agent out there trying to negotiate and yeah. work with your client in your client's best interest it's it really helps a lot uh, if you both have a strong relationship with other agents so you know that your phone call is going to get answered and um, but also uh, that your brokerage has the reputation behind it that when they get a call from Janelle or I from Remax Hallmark that they know what they're getting yeah and it helps in the work we do for our clients it does and you know you know this but i won in multiple offers twice this year because i work for remax hallmark yeah not because my clients had the highest offer Mm -hmm. in both cases the agent agents two different agents declined higher offers because they were not familiar with the brokerage or the agent and didn't feel comfortable Mm -hmm. and i think you can't underestimate that Mm -hmm. so from our perspective and again, I and I've told you know I've told many realtors this in, in my career, but you have to be careful who you work with and for matters. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know I don't anticipate ever going anywhere else. And I think for us, um, it's very important that we work for reputable, solid well-known brands and companies that are ethical. Like mm-hmm. it's such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I wanted to mention something else um, that is a little bit of sometimes realtor desperation that I see Mm -hmm. that I would never do, and I know you would never do. What's that? And that is allowing a buyer to buy a property that is a bad investment. And there are instances I'm sure you deal with all the time, as I do, where my clients will love the house or love the condo. And unfortunately, I have to tell them, these are things you have to consider about that property that I don't think are good for you for a long-term investment. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are a lot of agents out there that would, yeah, 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 no, it's great, it's great, Mm -hmm. because they're so desperate to do a sale. Mm -hmm. But sometimes clients fall in love Mm -hmm. with a place 
and they are not they're blinded by some Mm -hmm. of the defects that can't be changed for example i showed a client um, a property recently and it was a condo and it was a really nice unit that overlooked the garbage and this happens all the time a lot of condos have garbages mm-hmm. out out i hate it mm-hmm. and i said you know you you everything about and if you look straight out it's great but you have to know that every day you're going to hear the garbage trucks you can see it you can smell it you're not high enough up to be aware uh that to block out the smell like you have to see the the flaws here mm-hmm. yeah but but i know but i don't think i would be looking down and i'm like you will be looking down you know it was hard for me because i think that i sure i would have made a sale that day but i had to explain yeah. it was a mistake so i am much like you and i would do the same thing but then ultimately i've kind of put myself in the boat with clients too much i think is a is a fault of mine and um I'm more and more realizing that after I have fully informed them of maybe the flaws in purchasing this property, if they want to do it, they want to do it. Agreed. But at least we've mm -hmm. voiced our opinions. Yeah. Yeah. And I always make a joke and say like, I have, I'm going to have to sell this in a couple of years when you decide you can't stand that. Yeah. So (laughs) I I can't. It's going to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. I remember years (laughs) ago doing an open house at a, a condo. I think I have this memory, right? And, um, and, uh, an agent and her buyer came in and I was just kind of, um, when agents come in with their buyers, I don't interfere with their conversation or their tour of the property, but I listen for sure. And, um, and this agent was saying, yeah, but if you look straight out, you don't see the train. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's right there. It's above ground subway, but you don't see it when you're looking straight out. <laughs> yeah, and right. I just stood there like, oh, you're really? like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. And that's exactly, I think what mm-hmm. I mean is, is that we have to be really, and, and I'm, I'm honest to a fault mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I, it, I catch myself all the time putting my own two cents mm-hmm. into things where I, you know, I'll actually say to people like, ew, yeah, like this place is gross. You yeah. can't buy that. But you know, haven't you realized and been sometimes s- surprised by the things that you think are gross and other people don't? Sometimes. So I do express my grossness, but then, you know, if they, that doesn't gross them out, I'm like, okay. Yeah. I yeah. Guess. I do. I will try to convince yeah. a little bit, yeah. but, um, but yeah, so I think if you, <laughs> You should, your realtor, as a, as if you're buying something, your realtor should be pointing out the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Because I think it's really important, especially if you're a first time buyer, that you don't make a buying mistake. Yeah. Because you're totally wowed by the staging yeah. or you're completely yeah. taken with something that yeah. is going to be a problem later on. And you, it's not your job to always see all of that, but it is your realtor's. Yeah. You know, they need to, they need to point some of these things out. Yeah. Kind of along the same lines is, um, real, how realtors present to their buyer clients, um, information or feedback or recommendations about what they should offer on a property. Right. So often I find agents again, um, are ill-informed or not knowledgeable or really just you know, out of self-interest, pushing their buyers to offer um, prices that, uh, uh, sale prices that don't make sense. Yeah. And 
And I know of a couple of cases where that can come back to bite the buyer when it doesn't appraise at the higher value. And yeah. I mean, I think that we're so focused on stats and evidence and quantitative information that, um, that um, you know, it's easy, especially in a market where there are multiple situ- uh, offer situations and you're competing for properties, to let your heart take over mm-hmm. and maybe, as a buyer, get a bit carried away. And I think it's your realtor's job to, to rein that in. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And some don't even look at the comps or don't know the history of the area. And, I mean, to some extent I say, well, I think this is going to go for this. You're going to have to do this if you really want it. But this is what, you know, mm-hmm. this is what evidence suggests. Yeah. So. And I think that that is, I mean, that is a really good next, you know, wrap up point in general is something I, neither of us would ever do is waste anybody's time. Yeah. Yeah. On the, on the low end. Yeah. Um, you know, if, or the, or the high end, yeah. you know, wasting your, I mean, that's yeah. a whole other mistake, but, you know, going in with a really low offer going in in multiple offers when when with an offer that's not going to get accepted that's not something i'm willing to do no um and i make that very clear to my clients right off the bat when i'm working with them like i will not put in offers that you can't get yeah and when it's obvious it's just if there's 25 offers and you only have ten thousand more than what they're (laughs) asking we're not doing it But you hear from so many agents that, oh, I'll do that for my buyers once or twice. So they realize and and get the message. I I don't even understand that logic. I don't either. And I think... Because every um, ill-prepared and unreasonable offer has an impact. Yeah. Like the more offers there are, the The higher it's going to go. And then it screws you the next time. Right. And I think it's really important for your client to have faith in you moving forward so they need to know that you're going to and sometimes we have to prove it a couple times i'm like mm-hmm. you can't afford that it's going to go for x and what only when it does do they go okay we trust you mm-hmm. um, but i think they need to understand yeah it, right away that that's a mistake as much as overlisting a property is mm-hmm. a mistake under asking on a property i think is equally as bad of a thing to do when you are in multiple offers mm-hmm. yeah if you're not in multiple offers whatever go have at it mm-hmm. but in multiple offers don't waste everybody's time mm-hmm. it's just it's not it's not you know in the the best thing you hear from from clients is well you never know mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah well, actually probably after 20 years we kind of know we do know actually <laughs> like, and all you're doing do. is increasing the prices it's a big factor that's in right the escalation of sale prices and that's where experience comes in i think uh for you know realtors it's important that you're trusting someone who does a lot of sales a year who understands the market right um because otherwise you know it's just going to backfire on you and you'll be discouraged i mean if you bid on two or three or ten houses and you're not getting them something's wrong right it should that should never happen yeah and it's not that the market's crazy and it's not that um you know any of that it's either you are a problem as a buyer and you're not putting in what's required or your agent's a problem. That's it. Yeah, I agree. And uh, there's just no other way about it. Mm -hmm. If you're losing out more than twice, Mm -hmm. there's a problem Mm -hmm. with you and your agent. Mm -hmm. So, you know, get that sorted out. Mm -hmm. Start bidding on other houses. Mm -hmm. Get someone who knows what they're doing um, and cut that down because it's, you know, you shouldn't be putting in offers that you can't get. That's my point. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, And on that note, another thing that this is not what I don't do, but what I always do 
as a, especially as a buyer or a seller agent is I really try my best to create positive connections with the other agent on the other side. And I found that over the years that has helped me be very successful with winning in multiple offers or negotiating good prices for my sellers. Um, but you know, sometimes you deal with agents who are just assholes mm-hmm. and they're, they just attitude and they don't want to, I don't know what they're trying to do, prove something because they're of their own insecurities probably, but that's something I will always work really hard. And sometimes you get buyers that will say like, oh, I want you to play hardball and go in and you just tell them it's this or nothing. And it's like, yeah, I don't work like that. There might be agents that work like that. My Mm -hmm. strategy is to treat everybody with the same respect Mm -hmm. and try to create a relationship between us that will help everybody on all sides. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm horrified sometimes by the way that buyers will, especially not back in the day, but how they think I'm going to be communicating. They're all, well, you just tell them this and you tell, yeah, no, mm-hmm. not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, leave that up to us, right? Yeah. It's important, the relationships between us. I don't know that I've ever had that. Oh, I get it. I get, you know what? Investor clients. Oh, I get it a lot. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, that makes sense. And it's, um, it's a, it's, it's very strange. Like mm-hmm. I said, I don't, not as much anymore as I used to, mm-hmm. but, um, so that's something you should be looking for as a buyer or a seller is how that, how your realtor gets along with other realtors mm-hmm. and how they can help you succeed because mm-hmm. that's, that's the key. Yeah. It's uh, relationships in general. Right. Yeah. yeah. And hundred percent. there's been probably way more times than I can count where I've, Mike, I've built a relationship with that other realtor over the span of whatever. Like if I have a multiple, if I have a house for sale and I know it's going to go into multiples and there's one or two agents who are always calling and they're, and they're asking questions and they're building rapport with me, I'm way more likely to naturally want to work with that person, right? Mm. And so if I can then, it's like we were talking about before, go back to the sellers and say, you know, this person, like I know they're legit, right? They've they've done this and that and they're good. I mean, these other people, I don't know. I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't even heard from them. I never even talked to them until today. Yeah, the funniest is when you just get an offer on something you didn't even know. Like who's this guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it happens all the time. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's something else I think that's important. Um, one more thing I thought of, uh, and that is, and this is really important to me and I know, you know, we've, we've all had this, but one thing I will not do anymore is work with people who don't treat me with respect (laughs) (laughs) and they are out there. Mm -hmm. And, um, there have been lots of instances where I have walked away from people who, uh, you know, be it over pricing or be it over whatever the case may be, but that's not something I'm willing, willing to do anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. And I know you feel the same. Well, I'm learning it. I'm yeah. I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, I think it's really important that you have a, a good relationship, especially on the buying side. Like, uh, you know, yeah. you're married to this person for yeah. as long as you are trying to find uh properties together and it takes a long time to do that and you Mm -hmm. have to have trust and faith and the best part about our job in my opinion is working probably i like working with sellers but i love working with buyers and they're i love spending time with people i like to go out for four hours on a saturday and look at properties and i enjoy their company and Mm -hmm. if that's not happening Mm -hmm. then i don't you know Mm -hmm. because you unfortunately you do get the odd person not too many anymore but 
Yeah, especially, yeah, you're right with buyers because you end up spending a lot of time with, yeah. for a short period of time, but a lot of time. Yeah, I mm-hmm. want to be able to go in and talk openly and laugh and mm-hmm. enjoy each other's company. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, these are, we create, you and I create relationships for life. Mm-hmm. We're not just doing it for a sale, right? Mm-hmm. These are, these are relationships and clients relationships that you're going to have hopefully forever Mm -hmm. you know outside of the selling process you Mm want to be able to I want to be able to call someone up whenever and just check on them and see how they're doing and Mm -hmm. celebrate their life's moments and and that's important Mm -hmm. and I think that um you know if yeah you get (laughs) one day we should tell stories about bad people (laughs) um yeah so that's that's all I thought of anything else that you kind of know I think that that's a good kind of uh, I think if things occur to us and they will I think we'll maybe revisit this Mm -hmm. topic yeah Mm -hmm. by the way we were hoping for the market stats to come out today and they they are not out and it's the fifth today so hopefully um, next week we will be able to talk yeah. about stats, but they'll be, will be a week old, but that's okay. Yeah, I'm no. sure we'll have a lot to, a lot to say mm-hmm. by that point, because we'll have a, a bit of a, you know, the full market summer market slowdown is kind of in the process right, right. now. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Excellent. All right. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Thank you again for making our, the month of June, the most successful month we've had. Let's top it in July. Let's top it in July. Please, 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 please rate our podcast. Leave a comment. It means so much to us. It gets, the more you do that, the more it gets pushed out to other people so they can hear what we have to say as well. Um, And anytime you can reach out to us through our podcasts or any of our social media channels or our website if you have anything that you would like to hear uh, on this podcast or if there's anything that you want to contribute and um, we're always happy to hear it mm-hmm. so in the meantime we wish you happy real estate and have an awesome week bye everybody we hope you've enjoyed the toronto real estate show with the janelle cameron team But more importantly, we hope you feel better informed and enthusiastic about your real estate future. We know buying and selling can be stressful, so let us help. If you're looking for hands-on support in the greater Toronto area, the Janelle Cameron team from Remax Hallmark Realty is ready to assist. Visit JanelleCameron.com, that's J-E-N-E-L-L-E Cameron.com, or dial 416-486-5588. Join us again next week as we deliver more content to help you reach your real estate dreams.